Hello and hey there! Do you have a top five brands of water? What's your favorite D&D class? What cracker brands can you just not live without? This is the Top 5 Podcast, where nothing is off limits and everyone is wrong, even when they think they are right. I'm your host, Tom Lockhart, and with me as always is... Eric Shane. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, uh, you know, a little tired. It's uh, mid-January and it's uh, I'm already ready for another break. It seems like every day gets me more and more tired. <laughs> and yeah. I just, uh, I might, we, we actually need some sun for once. I don't usually say that, but yeah, this, uh, I embrace winter in all its wonderful glory. I really do and try to enjoy the seasons as they come. Uh, but yeah, I could go for some actual warmth and sunshine. I, yeah, I'm let, to feel like. Let's get some spring up in this bitch. You know, who's <laughs> always brings spring up in this bitch. <laughs> I definitely don't. I'm I'm longing for the days of sunshine. Uh, I'm Zach Rancourt uh, here yeah. as always, but I miss the daylight. It is it is now five thirty five as we record this podcast, but it might as well be eleven p.m. at night. It um yep. it really sucks. It's really morose and depressing, and I am ready for the heat. I'm actually going to Hawaii towards the end of February, so I'm excited really? for that. But yeah, man, it's 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 a bummer. We only a couple more months until we get better uh, better light, I should say. Uh, I'm going someplace real sunny this weekend. I'm going Phil- to Philadelphia. Vancouver. Oh. <laughs> You're going to <laughs> yeah. Vancouver, S- somewhere that's just as dark and just as rainy. <laughs> I was going to say, why are you going uh, to Vancouver? Vancouver, North. Uh, we're Vancouver? just doing a weekend away since the Seahawks were knocked out of the playoffs. Just yeah, let's just go up to Vancouver and have a three day or a couple days there and just dick around basically me and the wife all the poutine right all the poutine i've actually never had it i've been up there twice never wanted to tom you haven't had poutine Uh, (laughs) eric have you had poutine oh yeah i've had poutine it's so good it's It's uh, just gravy fries and curds cheese curds (laughs) what what can be gross about that tom i can't believe you haven't had it yet I don't even know if it really sounds gross as much as it's just like it's I've never been like, yeah, I want to get that. It's, <sighs> if there were some in front of me, I would eat them probably because <laughs> that's <laughs> a fact for most foods. <laughs> well, you know, it won't let you down. I'll tell you that. You know what else doesn't let you down? Movies. Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Except for sometimes. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, we've all gone to the movies, right, guys? You've been to the movies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You you get your popcorn and your treats. You sit down in your assigned seat, the greatest thing ever. I love that assi- seats are assigned for most places now. And you kick back and you watch a crazy amazing cinematic adventure. Or at least that's how it's supposed to go. We've all had the moment where we walk out of the theater and we hit, we're hit with that harsh harsh sunlight and the first thought that enters your brain is that fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even say that without laughing. Here today, we are going to discuss our top five movie leftdowns. The movies you went into with the highest of hopes and only to be kicked in the nuts. It hurts, guys. Uh, to enhance the discussion, we didn't share our list with each other, and we are by no means experts. And I will start this off 
where we all probably know I'm going to start this off because I believe I've complained about this movie several times on this podcast, and it's goddamn Ender's Game. It's my (laughs) biggest movie disappointment ever. I went into that thinking, this is going to be awesome. I love this book. They're going to crush it. Then they're going to make sequels because there's more books. And then it was awful. Uh, And I have to say this, it's not an awful movie. But it changes so much from the books that anyone who read the books is going to think it's awful. Besides that, if you didn't read the books, it's fine. It's a movie. Like, you could go have fun watching it. But it tore me down to where whenever I, like, come across it on, like, I believe it's on HBO Max right now. I always make, like, a remark. And I, I know my wife is sick of every time I make a remark when Ender's Game comes on the screen. Just like, ah. Oh, Ender's Game. That movie's terrible. And she's like, I know. You tell me this every goddamn day, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I won't go into the plot of Ender's Game because I know I've gone into it on previous episodes, but I hate that movie so much. It is on HBO Max if anybody wants to watch it. It got a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And uh, Uh what would you you rank it, Tom, out of 10? Uh, I'd give it like... I'd still give it like a four, four and a half, like, cause it's a fine movie. It's just the anger that it brings up in me <laughs> that I, I, I just can't stand. Ugh. So I never read the book. I, I know that it was like your favorite sci-fi book. It's what got you into sci-fi and stuff. Uh, and the, the movie just seemed boring. It seemed like they were mm-hmm. setting up for more. Cause I don't know how many other books there are, but it seemed like obviously this was a first installment and then it kind of just went nowhere. And the kid that played Ender was so boring. And Harrison Ford was boring. And the whole movie was just boring. I, th- that's how I felt with it. I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know why I watched that. <laughs> they got rid of like all the unboring stuff. Like, and it's just like, why are you doing this? Why? Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. And I like sci-fi a lot, too. And it's it's a cool idea on paper. But, yeah, I mean, I could understand, especially somebody, you know, it's hard to relate uh, translating a book to film. So a lot of people already are going to have that high expectation. So that makes a lot of sense why you went into it and being like, oh, I can't wait. And now it's your favorite well, movie of all yeah. time. And it was going to be really weird because it's kind of like a, a young adult sort of movie, the first one. But in these, like, books past that you actually jump to when he's like a 35 40 year old man so i don't know what they were gonna do if it succeeded and made money they're like are you just gonna keep him young in this story where he's an old man now i don't know what you're gonna do but okay (laughs) maybe enough time will pass maybe enough time will pass and we'll just use the same actor he'll be old at that point oh they'll do like a boyhood thing he'll do like the james cameron avatar route where he's like we're gonna do a sequel but it's gonna be like 20 years later and then and then and then you can watch it so hell yeah enders game i dig it okay well i will i have one where the the adaptation was not faithful to the book that's always a disappointment for anyone who's a reader but that's not what i'm gonna start with What I'm going to start with is Star Wars, The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) I got to go there. It's a a combo. It's a combo for those last two. Crack crack my knuckles real quick. Yeah, Let's go ahead and crack these knuckles a little bit and get into this. Because I I usually 
I usually do not go off like I'm about to <laughs> when it comes to movies <laughs> because gen because generally I am aware I'm very very aware that I most certainly couldn't have written better m- most of these movies than you know than the writers themselves but that's not the case here I totally could have written this better and so could most people who have ever seen a movie before um, <laughs> like I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fan of force awakens but i was okay with the premise despite a lot of the a lot of the vitriol out there i was actually i was okay with the premise even if it was derivative as all shit you know the member berries yeah it was all the member berries um (laughs) and i i definitely wouldn't have had leia back as a rebel like right out of the blue like off screen i would have liked to have seen that i would have liked to have shown that i think that would have made a better story i would have loved it you know that moment where she realizes she's got to saddle up again and put on those rebel others like you know what that could have been a badass uh moment for the audience that would have been kind of cool um but whatever they they did what they did no big deal and I was a denier of the negative Nellies out there who just, they were just shitting on it to just like, well, that's not what the books were. Like. Okay. Well, they went away <laughs> from that. I get it. Like, okay. I, I really tried to be fair. I did not hate force awakens. I didn't love it, but I, I did not hate it. I hate it now because of what came after it <laughs> because of, because of what it set up, but not really. And hang on. Let me, let me just circle back. Um, the, the next two movies went every which way but up. Uh, the Force-sensitive kid at the end of the second one, like, what what where were they going with that? Where, where, what happened there? That totally... Broom Boy? Dropped. Broom Boy. That, uh, that, that got dropped. Where, what was that? He's cleaning uh, up never, galaxies left and right. <laughs> well, I mean, they never even alluded to it in the third yeah, movie. Never hinted right. at it at all. Uh, yeah. Finn and old girl were in love, like after knowing each other for maybe a day or what <laughs> love that's kind of, of a strong emotion for wow. Okay. Uh, and by the way, what exactly was up with Snoke? Like, <laughs> like I'm, oh, I'm down yeah. with, like, I like the giant misdirect kind of thing. I sort of like that where Kylo, he did what his grandfather didn't do and he took the hell over. But really, honestly though, what, what, was Snoke? Who the hell was Snoke? He should have been someone, anyone that we could look back in the original series or even the cartoons. That would have been a nice throwback and, and be like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, that makes sense. There's a connection there. Or even then you'd be like, really? Well, why? Well, Oh, that, that, that must be a story there. I guess I better go pick up the books and find out what happened. <laughs> but the way they handled it made me go, I don't care to read the books i'm not gonna i don't actually care what happened i don't want to know what sort of mental gymnastics it took you to get from where we were to where you've taken us now uh but you know what really the the big one for me is what the hell happened to the big three because she became the focus and that's fine she was the main part of the story but finn and poe became like pointless like and really pretty pointless immediately uh, and, and by the way, really quick, just circle back. Cause I can't get over this Kylo Ren thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I hated his redemption. I didn't need to see his redemption. Darth Vader redemption arc. That's a six movie thing. Plus the 30 years in between that's a redemption arc. I don't care about Kylo. Like I don't know him well enough yet to care that he's going to redeem himself. Hell with him. I don't, I don't, I, I did not want to see his redemption. He took over and then I wanted to see him suffer the consequences for making that choice. I didn't want a Kylo Ren redemption. I think that would have been more interesting. Um, 
But that really leads to my final point, which is to say that the new trilogy, I feel like it ultimately had no point. And that's, it's not just that it was not a cohesive, uh, cohesive and comprehensive, uh, lack of point due to like multiple storytellers. And I'm saying there's like no point at all. And I know Zach, you mentioned, I think on our last episode, you said that you're not the biggest fan of cinema sins on YouTube, but yeah, I mean like I'll watch it every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because of how negative, sometimes I get to be a little bit negative and it's intentionally negative because that's the point of the YouTube channel. However, <laughs> you watch his three part series on this trilogy and I think it speaks to all of it, it perfectly encapsulates all the problems like the, the ugly, totally avoidable problems the new trilogy has. And it's not just that the new movies could have been better. They should have been better. The mistakes were really kind of inexcusable. Um, so it and I'm saying this is somebody who really, really super went into those two movies hoping against hope for both of them. They set me up for hope for both of them because they changed the directors. Remember? Yeah. Re- remember yeah, Ryan, Ryan Johnson to JJ uh, Abrams. Yeah, exactly. They set me up both times for hope and both times. Just okay. It's like, really? This I, is what we waited 20 years for. Yeah, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, it's we could, we could spend an entire podcast breaking these down because it's, it's something that like, I am not, I love Star Wars. I'm not a, a big, a huge, huge fan. Like you're probably a bigger fan than I am. I've only read one fanfic book. Um, I've, I've seen some of the cartoons. I watched the live shows on Disney. Quite honestly, I'm getting overwhelmed with Marvel and Star Wars as it is. So I've kind of taken yeah. a step back. But I mean, you know, nothing's really going to ever beat the the OG for me. So four, five, and six. I mean, they're the, the right. best ever, right? And so there's admirable moments from every film. And when I went into seven, I had a very open mind because the trailer looked awesome and it was a fun callback uh, movie, right? Like, oh, my God, I remember the uh, Millennium Falcon. I remember Chewbacca. I remember Han Solo. And I like what they did. However, if I took away the fanboy side of me and just looked at the film as a film, it's pretty bad. Um, they, yeah. they literally take the exact same thing with the Starkiller base being the Death Star, basically, and blowing up like a planet. It's it's like, wait, what? <laughs> We've seen this before somewhere. I think you bring up you, you touched on a great point there. If you're already a fanboy or if you're in the fandom for that material, the glaring movie problems and story problems aren't really a problem for you. That's part of the charm. You know, the bugs become features. You don't really care. But when they delve away, and I'm going to talk about this later with another uh, movie <laughs> when they when they dip too far away from what made it what it is those glaring uh, movie problems and story problems uh, really 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 shine through in the worst possible way I feel like we've talked about that before probably I mean yeah. and, and so the one thing I'll say about this the caveat to all this is Star Wars fans are the worst. I mean, you and we me, we're, we're the worst. The ones who oh, know yeah. everything about it are the worst. You, you can't please yep. everybody. And yep. and so it's just so hard. But but I do want to give insight and maybe and you can agree or disagree. But like these are some of the things because I actually when I saw The Last Jedi, I didn't like it. However, through time, 
and watching that hot dumpster garbage pile of shit everywhere that was the Rise of Skywalker, um, I appreciated The Last Jedi a lot more. The things I didn't like in this whole 789 series was the fact that they took Finn, my favorite character, I loved Rey, but Finn, and they made him somewhat force sensitive or they made it, gave him like a bigger role and then just completely threw him to the side. He did he absolutely never even nothing. He admitted on screen that he was force sensitive. Mm-hmm. There's a afterwards of like, oh, he was going to tell him therefore. Well, why the fuck didn't you show that? Don't exactly. tell him to show me. Yeah, it, it, it went absolutely nowhere. He was he was th- cast to the side. Uh, John Boyega even came out and he was calling Disney racist for it because they 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 watered down his character. And you know what? It makes sense. Like he's not wrong. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, all the hate she got from all those uh, ugly, yeah, terrible that was, uh, that was fans. Not OK. Not OK. Yeah, they they were saying racist things there. She played Rose in, in uh, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I thought she was great. Um, her character itself was pointless, but that doesn't mean that she did a bad job. And so what does J.J. Right. Abrams do when Kathleen Kennedy's like, hey, we're going to get rid of Ryan Johnson. We're bringing J.J. back on so he can finish the trilogy. He gives her no part at all. He's like, we'll redeem her. She's in it for like two seconds. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, yeah, never. And I, I, it's not, it's not his responsibility to save. Like, in in that case, the fandom needs to grow the fuck up. Yes, and needs to take a, gr- a hold of their humanity. Like, she's an actor. Yeah. Like, come on, don't exactly. don't say vile shit to her just because you disagree with the way the story went. I'm sitting here ranting about how the story went. I don't think she was the problem. She's an actor. She did her job. She read her mm-hmm. lines and did her job. Exactly. So. Um, Rise of Skywalker, I could go on and on. I'll just briefly touch on a couple things. I hated the ending, how they stole from basically Endgame, where he's like, this is it, you know, we're going to die. These are all the ships we have. And then you hear basically a, hey, you know, Poe, on your left. And all these these ships come in. I'm like, I've seen this somewhere from another Disney movie where Captain America is in trouble. And then, oh, shit, on your left. Yeah, it that's was, called a deus ex machina. It, oh, God, I know. It was so bad. That is a <laughs> so deus ex bad. machina. In the in it handled the worst possible the way. The worst way. In Endgame, it made sense. Endgame, in Endgame it set up. It's exactly. Up, yeah. And, 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 and when you when you use that type of uh, transition, a deus ex machina to save something like that, it is it, paid off. It's, it's lazy if you just do it to to uh, save the day. But that was built up for two whole movies for basically 18 yeah. whole movies. Technically, very quick, very quickly, very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yes, because yeah. they, they told you that this should work if it work. And they you even saw on his cell on the phone. He's talking to his wife. She's back. They're back. OK, we yeah. know they're back. So they must be coming. Whereas with Rise of Skywalker, they weren't coming. And no. then all of a sudden, oh, they're here now. Like, that's cheap. Oh, it's that's so really bad. bad writing. That's really it's bad. So storytelling. bad. Everything with Rise of Skywalker was just absolutely terrible. And her kissing Kylo Ren. I'm like, wait, what? When the, did they ever have a romantic connection? Cringe, um, yeah, I, I think the the most egregious thing for me is the fact that we never got to see the, the OG three Luke, Han and Leia ever in a scene together. I know Carrie Fisher died. But she was they did have an opportunity for The Force Awakens to put all three of them together because that is what the fans wanted. Right. That's what we wanted. And I don't I know, know what they the set up was the going on reveal for, for Luke at the end. But I don't yeah. know. If, uh, yeah. 
So I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was incredibly let down when I saw Rise of Skywalker and I was fighting with myself and saying, this is a good movie. And then I would like cry myself to sleep being like, this is a good movie? Question mark. So yeah, I hated it. Uh, I denied it as long as I could. But yeah, like I said, now that I know where it's going, I hate Force Awakens. and I don't want to hate Force Awakens. But now that I know where it goes, bad. I would just like to remind everyone that I am still here. (laughs) and i agree and i agree with all of what was just said no i was just listening to you guys and you were doing a very good job of explaining my feelings yeah i'm sure this might be a a longer episode because uh eric and i could just talk (laughs) we need to go on the don't be crazy of the don't be crazy podcast and have a full episode of the star wars saga and it'll be like a four hour long episode of us just screaming at each other Oh, I, I would be, yeah. I actually really applaud The Last Jedi because he, he was trying to do something different, which is we are yeah. so, as Star Wars fans, we want the same, but we want different. And, and I mean, that's just like movie fans in general where people are like, oh, I'm tired of this recycled yeah. stuff, these action movies that are recycled. But then someone has a thought-provoking film. Yeah, yeah, like Alex Garland puts out Annihilation and people are like, what, what the fuck is this? I don't want to watch this. Where's the explosions? And then they don't go and they watch it. And then so... You know, well, I'm going to touch more on that here in a little bit here. But cool. uh, that was my that okay. was my number one. I don't know if that was your also your number one. Or it wasn't. But just, obviously, OK, you're people, just riffing. OK, people, people know people know I am passionate about film. Um, So I'll start with my my first one. So in 2007, I was a huge uh, fan of this franchise. Many would say that it's probably uh, I'd say X-Men is the first superhero movie franchise that kind of really got going in, in the modern era. Uh, but this one was my was my all time favorite, still probably my all time favorite of the three. And um, that is Spider-Man, uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's. But but the one that let me down the most was Spider-Man three. So I'm a huge Venom fan. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan in general. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer for this thing being so hyped and being like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Eddie Brock's finally going to come on screen, even though it's it's Eric from that 70s show, Topher Grace. Kind of a weird choice, but whatever. I was going into it excited. Um, this is 2007, so Twitter is, is in its infancy. I, I wasn't using it at the time. People weren't complaining on Reddit. Um, and so I go in opening night. I'm all pumped up. And yeah, here we go. And I'm watching it. And we got that pile of garbage. Um, Venom gets defeated by... I know he can, he can be defeated by sound in several iterations from the comics. But the way that they did it with the pipes and seeing him for maybe the last 15 minutes of the movie was terrible (laughs) um i don't know why they can't do a good venom um i really didn't like the tom hardy venom movies either uh they're pretty bad there are fun moments but both of them are pretty terrible but spider-man 3 was just all over the place and then this whole emo thing and hair flipping we got some good like memes out of it and some good like greatest of memes yeah some good (laughs) gifts and everything but like dude Spider-Man 3 was such a letdown. Ugh, Sam Raimi, be better. Sometimes he just goes a little too Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi and just like goes way too far into what his wheelhouse is. <laughs> and it just turns out bad. It's why Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness, like sometimes just goes a little too far. And you're like, no, don't go all the way. Oh, <laughs> you're going to ruin this. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, you can do some cool things, but sometimes you just go a little too far into your evil dead head <laughs> and it's terrible. <laughs> he he has hits and I love Sam Raimi for what he's given us. But there are moments when you're just like, I don't know what you're doing there, man. Like, I, I get that you're weird, but these creative choices you made are very odd. And I'm sure there's studio interference at times. And Doctor Strange was such a letdown this year. Um, I didn't have crazy high hopes because I'm not a big Doctor Strange fan anyways, but I, I liked parts of it, but I was like, oh, well, that was boring. So, yeah, that's me. But anyway, Spider-Man 3 is my first choice. I'm with you. I'm a little burnt out on Marvel. Actually, after Endgame, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I watched I watched the few TV shows they had. Most of them, I didn't watch the Hawkeye one. I watched the, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm burnt out. I, I got my satisfying ending, and I'm kind of burnt out. I don't really care anymore. You got my happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you guys are done with Marvel stuff? I I'm, mean, not I'm, I'm not necessarily the... done. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay, having, good, because I'm, I'm about to talk about some Marvel stuff. All right. <laughs> no, I'm not done shitting on Marvel stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just not done. I just the next movie that comes out, I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't care. I'll see when. Well, so yeah. my number two is something that I have been quoted on, saying that another movie's better than this. And that is Captain America Civil War. I I went and saw that movie. Uh, I, I think I actually went and saw it by myself. Uh, and I sat down and I started watching. And like the first scene is, you know, uh, Tony Stark's parents are getting murdered on a basically on a road that for some reason has a camera on it i don't know there's like a camera to see their crash i'm not gonna get into that and it's like <laughs> who who killed tony's parents and at the beginning of the movie i was like well bucky killed him like that's clearly bucky like that's like this whole movie is gonna lead to that and the entire movie was like just felt so predictable for me because i know what's gonna happen it's called civil war they're gonna fight <laughs> each other and it's just like, I know that Spider-Man's going to be in it because you can't avoid advertising. And I know Black Panther's going to be in it. Uh, and, and it's just like, I knew everything that was going to happen. And it just bored me. Like, that's great. The airplay or the airport scene. That's fine. Great. Awesome. But the rest of the movie was a big bore fest. And I didn't enjoy it. I actually haven't. I think I've watched it like one time, like leading into Endgame when I was watching all the movies, um, and I was still like, Ugh. but uh, but the big quote that I'm known for is, I think Batman vs Superman was a better movie than <laughs> Captain America: Civil War. Oh that's, my I've God. told, I've told many Tom, people this, man. and everyone has that reaction of just like, "You're an idiot, you dummy!" <laughs> wow, that is I just surprising. I liked it. And, and I don't understand. Okay, we're going to get into this whole thing. I don't understand the big thing with the Martha scene in it. Like, I get it. It's not great. But there's a scene in Endgame where, like, Wait, Endgame Captain or Civil America, War? Endgame. Uh, because I, I'm going to complain about that scene because there's a scene in Endgame where Captain America is fighting Captain America and one of them thinks the other is Loki and he says Bucky's alive and it like surprises the other Captain America to like let go of Loki and it's like why isn't that a dumb scene also <laughs> like it's just a name that makes somebody stop attacking somebody 
And it's for some reason, one is stupid and one's not. Why? Can, can I say I think can you're I, wrong? Can I save that discussion for, for when I make my second choice? <laughs> they, they sure. Are, they are. They are. They are. It's different. We'll come. We'll circle it, back. We'll it, circle it's back. Very, it's very that. different. Tom, it, it's interesting that you don't like Civil War because, I mean, it's it's essentially the precursor to what we got for Infinity War and Endgame, where it is this, we've been waiting all these years, you know, a decade, basically, to see these characters on screen. We've been waiting 20 years to see Spider-Man leave Fox or leave Sony and come to Disney slash Marvel, and we get to finally see Peter Parker the way he's intended to be seen, a kid, a kid from Queens, right? Like, so cool. And... I mean, they did such a great job with it, and and that airport scene, yeah, absolutely incredible. But I mean, man, this was this was a precursor to it all. Did you ever read the Civil War comics, the graphic novel story? No. Okay. Well, that's the another thing that I have is where I feel like even though I haven't read them, it's probably not something they should have just crammed into a movie and been like, "This is Civil yes. War," because it's but like what, a huge storyline, right? But but what can you really do? And they also had a setup for Infinity War and Endgame where it was yeah. he was pissed at Cap. So the, and that was a big part of it, right? That's a big part of Endgame where he comes back and he's like, and you should have been there, you know. And like that was a lot of emotional stuff that RDJ was throwing down there because he he says that to him. He's like, you know, you don't have to to like me, but like I'll always be there for you. And he gives him his cell phone. Um, so I think it really set up for a lot of that because. He's like, Bucky's my friend. He's like, and I was yours. And they fight. And it was pretty remarkable. But I, you know what? I, I, that it's okay, rough. Tom. Yeah, it's okay. It, it's, I was just bored. I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, we move on to uh, my number two. Is that where we're at? I yeah. think we just might. Yeah, let's okay, wash well, this taste gonna, out of our we're mouth. Gonna, yeah, we're going <laughs> to stick a pin in that. We're going we're gonna to circle back to something that I alluded to. Uh, the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Yes. Now, uh, woof. <laughs> <laughs> woof uh, is right. <laughs> indeed. Woof. Uh, that barrel ride down the river alone oh, yeah. is enough. Oh, it's so yeah, bad. Okay. <laughs> was, so it was bad. almost enough to make me want to walk out of the goddamn... I want... For, like, the first time in oh. my life, I wanted to walk out of the movie theater I, and, like... Yeah. Um, now I, I didn't walk out, but I also did not walk back in to see battle of five armies. Yeah. And I want, I want to make this perfectly clear about how badly I feel they botched that the Hobbit was my favorite book when I was a kid. It was my favorite book. It is what really truly unlocked my love of novels. Okay. And my love of fantasy in particular, my love of all things, Tolkien began with the Hobbit. And I was perfectly ready to accept changes to the screenplay for the sake of turning a book into a movie, or in this case, three movies. And I didn't have a problem with them putting in some stuff to stretch it out over three. I was fine with all that. I was coming in with an open mind all the way through. I was on board with all of that. And I mostly liked the first movie. Mostly. Like, it had its problems too, but I was I mostly liked it. But this movie, Desolation of Smog, was so bad that to this day I have not seen the third one and I won't, I will not. I am. <laughs> I just won't. Uh, the dwarf hairstyles thinking back probably should have been my clue that these people were not taking the subject matter seriously, but <laughs> the, that, that barrel ride scene was a farce. That was like farcical. That was so ugly. Um, I liked that Legolas was included. 
because to me, that makes perfect sense. He's from that band of Mirkwood elves. He would have been involved in the events. He was very much alive at the time. Um, he's like 600 years old. I went back and did the math once. That's how much I care. Okay. I had <laughs> the, the Lord of the Rings with the indexes in the back where I was going back through and see what year Legolas was born and what year the events took place. He was like 600, 700 years old during the events of the Lord of the Rings. So he was absolutely present at the battle of five armies. He would have been there. Um, or at the very least he would have been alive and, you know, involved in all this. Cause he's the son of the King of uh, the Mirkwood elves. Anyway, um, so it, it makes sense he would have been there. I'm glad that they added him in. But the B story love between Killy and what's her name was <laughs> so, so it was Drek. And it was really kind of insulting Drek, you know. So, and I, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. What the shit was that barrel ride? What was <laughs> that? I will never get over that. That was the perfect <laughs> opportunity because so, you just had all this adventure scene of breaking out of prison. So this was that perfect opportunity to sort of slow things down a, a tad and, 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 and reveal this wide, beautiful, wide open spaces of the world between Mirkwood and Lake Town. And, and you blew it. It's like you're saying <laughs> Tolkien fucked up there by not putting a car chase scene in his movie. Tolkien fucked up because he didn't include a car chase here and there should be even more action. And it's like, no, he didn't. You guys are a bunch of hacks. Um, mm. So it was just, uh, it was unnecessarily over the top bad. And it just, it makes me so mad. Um, uh, it's, it makes me so mad. I won't even watch battle of five armies. I don't, I don't care. I know what happens. I don't care. Well, let me jump in because I have the Hobbit as in all three movies okay. on my list because I didn't. Uh, the first one is somewhere in the middle, like it's fine. And then it That's goes what, yeah. downhill and further. So <laughs> you haven't seen the third movie, so you didn't get to see the awesome scene where Legolos is like there's he's on like a walkway and it's breaking apart and falling down. And while the rocks are falling, he is jumping from rock to rock, you know, going against gravity and all. Dumb. <laughs> and just like, it, that is even more egregious than the barrel scene. It's a lot shorter because it's only about five seconds of it, but you're just Dumb. like, what the shit is this? He can just like jump on falling rocks and like, kind of like climb his way up. Just like that's not how wings works. And fucking fly. Like, at this point, yeah. Right? He presses on rock, his foot and the rock go down. He doesn't like <laughs> jump off of each one. That's not how it works. No, really. Look, oh, Lord of the Rings had him movies, walking oh. on snow because he's an elf and they're very light and that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then it had him sliding down on his shield at the Battle of Helm's Deep, sliding downstairs on his shield, just dun, 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 dun. okay, that was badass. And then they saw him swinging up on the horse like with the backhand thing and that was dumb but okay and then they had him killing the the oliphants in the third one and he slides down the trunk and that was badass and okay cool like but that's 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 at least that's the limit right that's yeah. gotta be it <laughs> the kid uh, okay sorry to interrupt continue no, you're no, abs you're absolutely making, right ugh. about about that, and I'm 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 intrigued. I, and just like you, Eric, I actually refused to go see the Battle of Five Armies. I was like, nope. Uh, after Smaug, I was like, I'm and done. We love Tolkien. Yep, and I fucking love. We love Lord, yeah, yeah. I mean, all three of us probably are are huge Lord of the Rings fans, and I mean, I can speak for Eric and myself, but I know Tom likes it a lot. But like. Yeah, like Eric saying he did the math on it. I yeah. mean, I live and breathe Lord of the Rings, man. It's it's one of my favorite things ever. I try to read the books every year, and I was so let down <laughs> with The Hobbit 
and I wanted so badly to like it. I wanted so I badly to like it. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> uh, no, <sighs> just it's depressing because it shouldn't have been three movies. Could have been two at the most. Like, let's not stretch it out too far, guys. I get that the Lord of the Rings was three movies, but it was also three books. <laughs> There's a reason it was three movies, three separate it. books. God damn. Stop trying to squeeze money out of us. <laughs> so I did see The Hobbit um, in theaters, though, uh, when it was when it was uh, 48 FPS and that's frames per second. So it was actually kind of cool to see because visually, you know, like that's what Peter Jackson wanted. And it just looked a little more realistic, kind of like you're watching a nature documentary. And so that was that was neat to see. So visually it was great. But yeah, it just got so boring. Um, and what was his name? Bard, like in the, in, in the, in the second one, uh, Luke Evans, his character was okay. They, they didn't do a great job. I don't remember him from the books, honestly. Um, but it was like, it just was such a letdown. And, and I was so bummed out by all of it. Um, but yeah, I know that they're all available on HBO max to watch one of these days. I will watch all three of them again. But like when I, you're talking to a guy who owns, I own five copies of the Lord of the Rings. So I own the, the regular DVDs. I own the extended edition DVDs. I own the uh, regular, no, I, the extended edition Blu-rays and then the extended edition 4K copy. So four versions of it. Um, I'm kind of a freak when it comes to that. But if they keep, <laughs> you know, coming out with new ones, like you can put in your eyeballs to watch Lord of the Rings. I'm buying it, dude. I'm buying it. So you're yeah. you're like I am with Final Fantasy seven, where I have it on all of my devices and <laughs> yeah. I need to be able to play it whenever I need to. <laughs> oh, that fucking barrel scene. Oh, my God. The worst. <laughs> That's when I knew I lost. It. I was like, what? <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. OK, well, I'm going to circle back a little bit to what Tom was saying about Captain America Civil War. Um, he compared it to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Now, I am a diehard Batman fan, just like Lord of the Rings. I live and breathe Batman. He's my favorite superhero of all time. Um, and so I was really, really, really hyped for this movie. Uh, as a comic book fan, I was a huge fan of The Dark Knight Rises, which famously has a... Um, I'm sorry, The Dark Knight Returns, which famously has a uh, fight scene. And the entire thing is about uh, Batman, older Batman, Bruce Wayne, becoming some sort of like new vigilante who uh, enlists the help of these kind of neo criminal slash hero kids. Um, and basically he has to clean up Gotham like he normally does, but he meets Superman. And obviously, how the fuck do you fight Superman? They've been friends for years, um, but their battle is epic. And so me being pumped about that and being like, okay, Snyder laid the foundation for some of this. Uh, this is the first time we get to see Baffleck. And I was like, I don't know if Ben Affleck can do it, but he looked awesome as, as Bruce Wayne. I think he did a fantastic mm -hmm. job as a 50-year-old as Bruce Wayne, I'll say it, um, where he's not as deft as he could be. He's more about brute strength. And so they did a great job with it. When I knew it started going south was when they had that fucking Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. And I could not stand him. I love that guy in the social network. Could not stand him as Lex Luthor. He was terrible. And so that's when I was like, okay, I don't know if this is going to be really good. The introduction of Wonder Woman was great. 
But here's the biggest reason that this movie failed for me. I this is actually the movie that has made me stop watching trailers for films because I don't know if you guys remember seeing the trailer for this, but it shows Doomsday. Now, anybody who's not familiar with Doomsday knows that the huge storyline of Superman versus Doomsday, that is when Superman died. That is the death of Superman. It was a big event when it came out. Um, Superman was killed by Doomsday. They beat each other to death and they died. So when we see that reveal in a trailer, I was really sad and really scared and was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. And then, of course, I went into Batman v Superman. It's like touching a hot stove and touching it again. Um, I was so let down. I was so let down when I saw that. And the fucking Martha scene. I I, 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 I think the entire audience rolled its eyes and he's like, why'd you say that name? I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, that's terrible writing, Tom. It's terrible writing and I'm not a screenwriter. Hey, hey. I I didn't say it wasn't terrible writing. I'm just saying (laughs) I enjoyed it more than Uh, Captain America Civil War. I'm going to say That's something I always have to say, by the way, is I don't think that it's a great movie. I just think it was better than that movie. (laughs) I just think it's weird how it just flipped on a dime like that. They went from that one thing from mortal enemies to... Why did you say that name? To now, I guess we're best friends, and now we have to bring him back to life. Like what? That was that happened fast. Like, life Wait, are our moms, our moms are the same name? It. Oh, dude, let's be friends. It's like step friends with everyone who friends. has my mom's name. Like my mom. That's just well. That's just how it is. And and the thing about DC, which you know, they obviously they screwed the pooch. They were they were trying to catch up with Marvel. So so Batman v Superman was actually a a vessel to introduce the rest of the Justice League. That's what they were trying to do. But to take an event like this, like one of the biggest events with two of the biggest superheroes of any uh, property of all time, and 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 put them head to head, you better come out swinging big. This movie should have been a two or three parter, like legit. And it should have ended with them beating the shit out of each other, like how it was in the comics, kind of, sort of. Um, but yeah, for them, him to just get ready with that kryptonite spear and he's ready to stab Superman and then just, uh, why'd you say that name? And he's like, okay, we got to work together. Come on, man. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it was so stupid. It was so stupid. So I was livid. Best movie in the world ever. I was Best livid. movie ever. <laughs> and, and and miss me with this release the Snyder Cut shit. His Justice League was terrible. His three and a half hour, four hour Justice League cut was terrible. Um, yeah, I'm, Zack Snyder's such a, such a hack. He is such a hack. But yeah, so Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. That's my second choice. He is wrong. <laughs> no, I think I, we jumped right and I, I almost put it on there. You know, I think we, you know we, what? We, Even though I talked about it earlier, I get why you would put it on there. That makes right. sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I think we have to jump to Eric because uh, you had your third, the Hobbit trilogy. So Eric uh, is up yep. again. Stupid Hobbitses. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're getting at the point now uh, that uh, sequels are tough. And dealing with an established fandom in place is already really tough. So that leads me into Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, uh, you heard that reaction, folks, that uh, is real. Look, indie movies were always sketch when it came to stretching the bounds of reality, and that's fine. 
they found the Ark of the Covenant. They dealt with the sacred stone in an Indian deity magic situation. They found the Holy Grail. You know, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> religious <laughs> mysticism is very much engraved in in Indiana Jones. It's fine, and they did a great job sticking with all of the expected themes in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And if it had just continued to do so, then the worst thing you could accuse this movie of being is just another derivative Indiana Jones action adventure popcorn flick. But who cares? That's kind of what we want with Indiana Jones, right? That's what we expect. Indy being thrown into an adventure and he's got his hat and he's got his whip. He's got to pour over ancient tomes. He's got to uncover long lost mysteries and race Nazis and punch them in the face. That's Indiana Jones. That's what we want. We don't snakes. need Indy. I hate snakes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got to have, he's got to hate. There you go. We don't need Indy to be more than that. And thankfully it sounds like they're going to try to go back to that well a bit uh, with the fifth movie that's coming out in June. We'll, we'll see. Um, Apparently, he's a retired old man who's justifiably unsettled by all the ex-Nazis helping with our space program at NASA. And that apparently is the basis of the new film. So that's cool. Um, but if it ends with Indy racing space Nazis to the moon, then, you know, I'm going to say boo. Because it just, goes, <laughs> <laughs> it just goes too far away. You, he becomes Han Solo. About? That sounds this, awesome. Right. This is a Han Solo <laughs> origin story. <laughs> Full circle, finally. There you go. Finally. Oh, it's God. just it, it goes so far away from what makes Indiana Jones indie. I mean, he's an archaeologist. He delves into our past, especially our mythical past. No other story mythos does that. Indy's sort of one of one. We don't have anybody else like that. We've got like space adventure movies. That's all over the place. So dealing with aliens and stuff like with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is so wildly out of place that it makes the whole movie feel wrong. All those things that we mentioned before that we just sort of casually ignore because we love what we're seeing. We love the it's the fandom of this movie. It's just it hits extra hard now how the movie just like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> you remember like, well, they all kind of suck, but no, this really sucks. No, 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 no. This really is not right. So I get that Indy is kind of keeping with the timeline and the new flick. It's set during the space race. So we're going to we're going to have some of those themes with the new one that's part of the deal it's fine just so long as indy keeps his feet firmly on earth place uh, it's just uh, it's just that i can see exactly how they would feel the pressure to go do exactly what that is have him racing nazis in a space you know in, on a rocket and i if they better gotten out they better not do it it's gonna flop hotter than crystal skull if they do it will for mm. real resist the urge do not do it they're totally going to do it, aren't they? <laughs> I'm, I'm so They're nervous. Super dude, dude Harrison Ford is 81 years old, or he's 80 yeah. now, technically. Jesus. But like, like it, what? they're going to de-age him. Yeah, so so apparently it's the, called The Dial of Destiny, which is a terrible name. It sounds like some sort of like, I don't know, Sunday morning cartoon of Rescue Rangers or something like that. But like, it's called The Dial of Destiny. And it's okay. going to involve time traveling. So they're going to de-age him and have a CG <laughs> Harrison Ford. I'm not even joking because you know how they do like the de-aging of, of actors. Um, I am not happy about that. Now, I am I, being optimistic. I've only seen the one trailer. I refuse to watch any trailers from here until the time it comes out. Um, I love Indiana Jones with all my heart. It's, it's one of my favorite franchises. Um, I'd even saying. wager that I, I like it more than Star Wars. Uh, just saying. But Eric, you, you nailed it. Anytime he's dealing with Nazis and things that seem tangible, 
seem like obviously you know the Ark of the Covenant and all, all this stuff coming out and eating people's souls and their bodies. That's obviously crazy. But for the entire film, sure. it's not that far fetched, right? Like right. we're tre- we're treasure hunting with him, and he's just a he's a professor who has a fedora and has a whip, and he's a badass, and like. That's what that's what we want, right? We want that adventurer, that swashbuckler style stuff. I guess not pirate based, but you know what I mean. And so, um, so with the Dial of Destiny, I'm nervous because I'm scared they're going to go just like what you're saying and just go completely out of left field. But James Mangold is directing it, and he's great. He did Logan, and Logan was phenomenal. He did uh, Ford v Ferrari. He did Three Ten to Yuma. He's done a lot of our favorite movies. Um, so I would. I, I, I have confidence in him, but it, it's optimistic. It's cautious, cautiously optimistic Se- is what I am. Sequels are hard. If They're you're listening to this, uh, what we're talking about, sequels are tough, especially when you didn't, you're not the original creator of the subject matter. You didn't do the Tolkien thing and you wrote all the back and you have all the, the depth of knowledge of the setting the way they did. Like, it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. So absolutely that's, right. yeah, yeah it, that's my number three. I got, I got two more to go. We're, dig it. Boy, we, 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 we got a long run time on this one, guys. It's all good. <laughs> everyone, everyone loves it. So okay, I will I will jump on my third then in the interest of time. Um, OK, so this movie came out in 2017. Um, I love a horror film with a passion. I love inventive horror film. So I'm always trying to look for that. I'm not a gory guy. I don't like to watch like, you know, slice them up and just feel irky. It makes me feel sick and I don't like that. But I like supernatural slash unnatural slash kind of whatever, like mindfuck movies. And so in 2017, a movie came out and I watched the trailer um, and was like, holy crap, this looks amazing. So when I went to see this movie, I saw it with an ex-girlfriend. We watched it at when it was over. We both looked at each other along with the other 20 people in the theater. And we all said, what? Like collectively. Um, I kid you not. It was weird. People were like, wait, that was it? It felt like watching a movie like you open up a book randomly and you start on page 32 and you end on page 50 but it's a 300 page book. So we just started at a random spot, made no sense at all. And the movie is called It Comes at Night. Have either of you heard of It Comes at Night? Heard of it, haven't seen it. Heard of, but haven't watched. (laughs) So it was directed by Trey Edward Schultz and it is an A24 film and I love A24. I mean, I think they constantly put out some of the best movies there are out there. Um, But this movie was all over the place. Joel Edgerton is in it. So I was like, okay, I love Joel Edgerton a lot. Uh, This should be really good. Riley Keough was in it too. It's actually Lisa Marie Presley's daughter, um, RIP. But uh, yeah, so I thought it was going to be awesome. And when I saw it, it was terrible. It's one of the worst horror films I've ever seen. It was such a letdown. They did some cool stuff visually, but otherwise, and like the set design was really good, but otherwise it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. My friend Matt, he really likes it and he gives me shit for it. But he just I was like, you have no taste. So. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it comes at night was a huge disappointment for me. I wish I could say anything about it. (laughs) That is that is okay. What I would suggest is watch the trailer and tell me if you think it looks scary. You don't do it right now, but I'm just saying it's it's just like how M. Night Shyamalan did signs or did um, the village. Everyone thought the village was supposed to be a horror film. Turns out the village was not a horror film. And M. Night Shyamalan actually came on record and he apologized because he said, I'm sorry for misleading people about the trailer. And actually, fun fact, studios can get sued now if they mislead people in trailers. I don't know if you heard about that or not, but if someone puts something misleading in a trailer, like a cameo by a character and they don't appear in it, 
they can get sued, which is kind of crazy. It's technically fraud. It's like visual fraud. So yeah, crazy times, man. So my, my whole point is I don't watch trailers much anymore because I like to go in with low expectations. Uh, when you were describing you and an ex-girlfriend, you go into the movie, you sit down, and then when it ends, you look at each other. I was really hoping you'd say, and we both said, this is over. <laughs> and just like you broke up right there. Done. This movie killed us. Jesus. This was the breakup movie. This was wow. the moment like, we should I'm... break up. That's it. Sorry. I mean, I thought oh we were having gosh. a good time. And then not well. this relationship could not survive this event. No. Goodbye. No, uh, none of that. Tom, what is your number four? My number four are two Titans coming together in an epic movie, or at least it should have been. And that is Alien vs. Predator, which <laughs> just the thought of just seeing that on a screen is just like Alien vs. Predator. This is going to be the most badass movie I've ever seen. Alien's going to be fighting Predator, and then the Predator's going to be fighting the Alien, and then they'll do some other stuff, and then, then that will happen again. There's actually not that much Alien vs. Predator fighting in Alien vs. Predator. I've realized that. There's maybe like 10 minutes of the runtime is really them fighting in any way uh it it has way too much of the human characters i actually would love a movie that's alien versus predator where there's no humans like why do we need humans in this thing we don't need to focus on stupid humans that's not (laughs) what people are here for i appreciate that yeah it'd be like it could be there's no dialogue in the whole thing except for predator noises and alien noises and i would watch the hell out of that movie for like an hour and a half that'd be crazy just hunting them through whatever planet. But no, they made a terrible movie that's mostly about drilling to a pyramid. And it's just like, what is this bullshit? I don't want to, I don't care about them trying to get to a pyramid. I just want to watch an alien fight a predator. Like, ah, and it's not even that cool when it happens. It's not like Freddy versus Jason, which is awesome. Like their fight in Freddy versus Jason is just like, oh, that's all I want out of any versus movie. Please give me all of that. Ugh, I couldn't it be better. And the second one's even worse. But there was no hope for that one. So so that is my number four, Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> I saw the movie in theaters, and I was very excited, Tom, just like you. And I was thoroughly <laughs> let down. There are a couple <laughs> cool moments, but otherwise, that movie is not good. It's a real snooze fest. <laughs> Eric, what is your number four? Unless you have my number four is Predator. Avatar of two thousand and nine. <laughs> hey, the first av- Avatar movie. <laughs> Someone I, had uh, to say I, it. I, yeah, somebody <laughs> had to say it. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, I enjoyed it. My, my thing is, when I was coming up with my list, I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to just be have like movies I hated, movies I kind of enjoy, but maybe I'm let down by it. Um, look, it was beautiful, and I love space movies. I love space themes. I, I love that futuristic feel. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm a hopeful. I, I, I love that shit. I just, I do. I love everything about the setting of uh, the world is of Pandora is just gorgeous. And it's so cool. I'm, I'm fine with space capitalism run amok. I, that's, I'm fine with that as a theme. I'm not particularly fine with the white savior dances with wolves thing all over again. That's a little right on the nose and a little inexcusable for 2009. Um, 
seriously though, it's almost a shot for shot remake for Dan- <laughs> of Dances with Wolves <laughs> and, or Pocahontas, you know, <laughs> and or that too. And I've, it's like I've already seen that movie. You know, great flick, uh, but I didn't need to see it again in IMAX 3D. Um, I cringe. <laughs> Seriously, though, I cringe so hard with the obvious white savior thing that I found myself almost kind of rooting for the Marines. <laughs> I, kinda, <laughs> I did. And that's such an assholeish response to that. But I'll say that Colonel Korich was just so masterfully played by Stephen Lang that great. I couldn't help. But yeah, I could not help but feel drawn to him. You know, he's got this disarming, easy kind of charm about him. It's the kind of charm that I think... It's born of just absolute confidence of self that the rest of us just can't help but admire, frankly. Uh, like Jake Scully, he he's got his he's got his baggage, obviously, and he has hesitance, especially as uh, after he spent time with the Navi. Uh, he's conflicted, right? And but even the boss guy, the Parker dude by uh, Rabisi, uh, like even he's got some hesitancy. Even he's a little bit unsettled by the call he's had to make and and all that. But Quartz is not remotely conflicted. You know, he knows exactly who he is and what he's about. And he orders the destruction of basically the holiest of holy places for the Navi with about as much emotion as a man weed wicking his fence line. <laughs> no, Oof, that's that's yeah. just that's pretty much that's yeah. as simple to him. You know, it's nothing, just a chore, nothing more, nothing to it. Um, so there's no reason to actually like Courage from the audience standpoint, but you know, I, I felt drawn to him because he was such a compelling character. I think he's interesting. And honestly, he's one of the more interesting things about the movie outside of the stunning visuals. Honestly, I was so mad about the story that I really like, I haven't gotten around to seeing the sequel yet. Like the way I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, I'm not boycotting it. Like I am battle of five armies. Like there's nothing keeping <laughs> me from it. It's just that I've had like, I'm, I was so mad about avatars. It's like, I, I got other stuff to do. Um, so maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. I got some free movie tickets here. Now that the Seahawks are out of the playoffs, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll go see it this weekend or one of these weeks. I don't know. Dude, it's like it's a three hour movie and then add 30 minutes of previews. That's a long ass time to be in a theater. And I'm I, I, I love long movies, but like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't I'm know. with you on that. I dig long movies. I do. But I, like, I, I don't know. There's I want to be able to pause me, it and go to the bathroom and stuff. There's <laughs> nothing about the original Avatar that's like, oh, shit, I have to go see the sequel the day it comes out, the night yeah. it comes out. We're skipping work. We're canceling Christmas. We're going to go <laughs> see The Way of Water. I'm like, okay, this this will be a thing. I'll see it when I see it. Yeah, and I think I think you're absolutely right. And I was I, when I was younger and I first saw Avatar, I was just blown away by the spectacles. I was like, oh, I love this so much. But then as I went on, I'm like, that was a not good movie. It wasn't very good at all. Uh, visually amazing. What James Cameron did with the camera and what he did with uh, his CGI was unreal. But yeah, VFX aside, that movie is so such a wet blanket. It's it's so boring. I like your, what you're talking about. Stephen Lang is excellent in it. I like his badass he's scar amazing. across his face. He's so cool. Like he's yeah. seen some shit. So that's what you know. Like you can see it on him. He's just like, no, this his is his eyes. Dude, his eyes tell stories. He's so yeah. Stephen Lang is such a good actor. He's he's a really good villain. So he does it. He does a great job in it. Uh, but yes, aside from some other awesome moments, like when you, they learn how to fly, when Jake Sully learns how to fly on those things, that's pretty cool. But otherwise, again, it's all visual. The movie itself, in my opinion, is pretty boring. Yep, Agreed. I agree. Tom, what do you <laughs> <Cool>. think? <laughs> I agree. It's I don't understand how it's made billions of dollars. 
it just it boggles my mind that it's made billions of dollars. It's crazy. <laughs> well, go. I mean, uh, well, just like I, what I was kind of saying, you know, where we where people want these popcorn flicks, they want these big movies of spectacle, and they want that comfort blanket of what they have, so sequels or reboots and stuff. But then there's certain groups that complain, oh, they're not putting out new material, but then when they do put new material, they don't go see it. So it's just like James Cameron has carte blanche to do whatever he wants because honestly, he's incredible. Terminator 2 is still one of the greatest action movies of all time, and it still holds up, and it was made in 1991. I mean, like, you're talking about a 30-year-old movie, and it still holds up. So, like, he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. I will see Avatar, but honestly, I'm going to wait till it comes out for home viewing, because I don't want to go to the theater for it. But then you're not seeing it the way it's supposed to be seen. I don't give a shit. In, in, the, in the day and age we have right now where people <laughs> Maybe, are on their yeah. cell phones and they're laying on, on, on seats in the theater and they're talking and taking pictures and TikToking and whatever, dude, it ruins the experience so much for me. Um, I like to be immersed and I can't be immersed anymore unless I go to like an Alamo draft house in, in Texas or something. But it's just not the same anymore, man. People are too uh, glued to their phones and, and used to the, the home viewing. So might as well just watch it at home, in my opinion. I hear you. Cool. So, that's my number so four. I will jump to my my fourth one. So uh, speaking of, of which, and this is one of the final movies I saw in 2022 uh, in theaters uh, when I was starting to really kind of understand that I don't like going to the theater as much. Um, I saw this in the summertime, and this is one of my the most beloved franchises of all time. I'd sense a theme here. We have a lot of franchise films or sequels. Just like Eric was saying, it's hard to make sequels. Um, and this is a second go at a film series that never should have occurred. Um, I can probably speak for all of us in saying that we all love Jurassic Park. Um, the, the moment we saw that movie when we were younger, just seeing that dinosaur for the first time and seeing a T-Rex and the Velociraptors had genuine tear. It brought tear to our hearts, you know, shoot, ha! all that kind of stuff. So when they did uh, the, the Jurassic World and then they did Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World was okay. Fallen Kingdom was terrible. But when Dominion came out, I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. It's bringing back the OGs, just like The Force Awakens. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Jurassic World Dominion. Um, yeah. I almost left the theater. Uh, there were moments when I literally, I would just go, what? Like in the movie and people next to me were laughing because I was like, wait, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And this girl next to me, I remember she was whispering stuff too to her partner and she, I was like, same girl, same. Like we were both on the same page about like, <laughs> she's like, how the fuck did that happen? And I was like, yeah, what? Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Dominion yet, so I don't want to spoil it if, you know. I uh, won't. I knew okay. it was going to be bad. Yeah, Dude, it's so bad. I haven't bad. seen it, but spoil away. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, there's a part when a plane is crashing and, you know, it's Owen, a new character who's a pilot, and then um, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, uh, I forget her name right now, Bryce Dallas Howard, and there's only one parachute in this plane as it's crashing in a dinosaur-filled area. Oh, you know, big, big stakes, right? And Owen gives it to to her, um, and so he's like, you know, you have to survive for our daughter, blah, 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 blah. And so she parachutes off plane crashes. Do you think that, uh, do you think Owen and the pilot are dead? No, nope, yeah, not even a freaking totally scratch dead. on nope. him. Not even nope, a you're freaking a liar, scratch on him. Yeah. No parachute plane <laughs> crashes. Finally kill them. But they're alive somehow 
it's so fucking stupid. And it, 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 it's yeah. if you're going to set something up, you need to have a payoff and you need to t- like make the stakes higher. If this is the final Jurassic Park, quote unquote, make the stakes higher. Kill people. That, yeah. Make it that crazy. That was Go my ahead. only. Yes, I agree, totally agree. That was my only real criticism of Top Gun Maverick. Yes. When he crashed, he should have died. He should I agree have with died. You. That would have made for a stronger story. Yes, continue. You're right. This is the well, end. Let it be the okay. end. I Quick absolutely question. agree with you. So I, I don't jump out of a lot of planes, but you can like use a parachute and like hold on to someone and the parachute will still work, right? For most parachutes. Because people jump out of airplanes with someone on their chest all the time. Couldn't you like yeah. du- at least double up? Like get two of them out. Like yeah, why, I mean, it's better than not person. having anything at all. <laughs> like, like, you know. like uh so the the thing about this Jurassic World Dominion is Chris Pratt wants to be Jason Bourne so bad. And it's so apparent in this movie for for a movie that's about dinosaurs. There was maybe 20 minutes of dinosaurs in this two hour movie. Um, it's really frustrating and it makes no sense. Uh, they bring back Dodgson from the first one. And it's it's just like typecast, like, you know, exactly what's going to happen. And it's, it's so it's just so uninspired and contrived and I, I, I cannot say worse about it. I bet cinema sins does a great job of, of explaining kind of what I'm thinking of Jurassic world. Yep. But yeah. So I will just, I'll leave it at that for the interest of time. Um, terrible movie. Watch it if you choose, because I'm a completionist. So that's why I wanted to see it. Um, I was so fucking mad when I went to the theater. I'm just saying that. So, <laughs> okay. Anyways, Tom, your final one. Well, I went and got went and saw this movie with a f- old friend of ours that I haven't seen in like five years, uh, Wade. And Wade <laughs> was very much into Dragon Ball Z. He I was with you for Dragon this. Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember who all was there. I know Wade was there. Um, and we went into this movie, Dragon Ball Evolution, um, thinking this is going to be awesome. It's going to lead to so many other Dragon Ball movies. They're going to kick this movie's ass <laughs> uh, and they didn't kick its ass like uh, it's crazy how much it isn't dragon ball z or dragon ball like they have goku in high school even though you know goku's never been in a school in dragon ball <laughs> z he has not even seen a school what are you talking about and it's just so oh it hurts so much to think about how just like how much they blew uh, an at- opportunity to have multiple movies like this is going to be at least like 10 movies if you really want it because you could spread these out quite a bit. Uh, I mean, you can have 10 episodes where all they do is power up. I mean, you can make <laughs> that's a, that's an entire movie right there. Uh, but I was, I loved Dragon Ball Z. I used to go home and watch it like every day on Cartoon Network. And it was the greatest thing ever. And it was just so miscast and just terribly made. I don't, I, it's so hard to describe how poorly they did. And it looked crappy too, is the other thing. It just looked <laughs> bad. Nothing about the production design was good. It just felt like, ugh, bad taste in your mouth. Ugh, I'm going to watch it tonight just because I want to hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Hulu. It was like a fever dream oh. of a movie. Um, I don't like when you take something like this, um, like a Japanese property, and you whitewash it. 
So having yeah. uh, Justin Chatwin play Goku, who is, I believe, Japanese, right? And it's it's so insane to me. Um, it's terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I was with you. Uh, yeah, I remember we brought beers in the movie theater because it was the only way we could ease the pain. Um, but yeah. yes, I think it was you, me, Tyler, Wade, and Eric might have been there. I don't think Eric was there. It might have been Mike or someone like that. Because I know we talked about DBZ. It, it, it could have been Mike or Monaco. Okay, yeah, because we, we always talked about DBZ at the casino, and uh, I borrowed it from whoever had the DVDs, and I also watched it around that time, so I was like, Big, a big fan, but yeah, Tom, this is this is a terrible movie. <laughs> that would be me. I had all the seasons on DVD. Um, of course, of course and, you did. Yeah, so which is probably like, I mean, each of those was like fifty bucks. I feel like and there's too many seasons, too much money <laughs> down the drain. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Ball Evolution, oh, such a terrible waste of time. <sighs> okay, all this right, is my Eric. last one, right? Go ahead. Yes, it is. Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> yeah. Again, sequels are hard. They're mm. really, really tough. It's hard to make a good sequel. Uh, but uh, when you have an established fandom, uh, you know, they each took their th- thing from the original, right? And at a certain point, too many brushstrokes ruin a masterpiece, you know? <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, I love space films. I love space disaster films. I loved the original even if it wasn't the like the best movie ever, it's never going to win. Like, you know, it's not Casablanca for crying out loud. Like it's got a lot of problems obviously, but I, I love the movie. It's really one of my all time favorite movies, even if it is super duper ridiculous with their solution of uploading a virus is so, so dumb. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. It works, Eric. (laughs) Well, that's a, that's an explanation. Why would aliens know about viruses? That is an explanation that works in 1996 when not everybody is super duper computer liberate the way we are now where it's like now we know just how insane of a notion insane (laughs) but we get to see somebody punch an alien and he says welcome to earth (laughs) you could not have a programmer from 1996 come forward in time to 2023 and write a virus that would do a fucking thing on any computer here on earth (laughs) okay much less an alien from another part of the galaxy or whatever have you so like it's called LimeWire, eric and it gives you viruses when you download music (laughs) okay it's true Anyway, really <laughs> dumb, but I still loved it. Um, I don't care. It is a pop mega popcorn flick. You love it. I love it. It's just it's got a special place in our hearts. So um, and, and also like it's reductive in a lot of ways, like the president's just going to jump in a fighter jet after his speech. Like, no, he's not. Shut up. No, <laughs> he, was he is pu- not. He was pumped after that speech. He's oh, not, we not all getting were. in the plane. Great, great <laughs> speech. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Prez. You are not hopping into, the, you are not a fighter pilot anymore. I belong in the air. No, you do not. You 100% do not. Yeah. Um, anyway, but the, it, 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 for a dumb popcorn flick, who cares? But the sequel, I mean, holy shit. I mean, the, the premise starts fine. Obviously, we've got all this alien tech just lying around, you know, and now and obviously the surviving powers that be are going to want to hoard that shit and use it to advance civilization, basically centuries, technologically speaking, uh, in just a couple of decades. So that's that's cool. I'm cool with that. That makes sense to everybody. 
but I think the story goes way too many places way too quickly. And it's kind of impossible to get a cohesive narrative that way. So some of the compelling aspects of the original movie was the mystery involving the aliens. Like who were they? There was some mystery, mysterious enemy invader. And we didn't really know anything about them. And we did need to see some of that mystery resolved in the second movie. But I think a lot of it could have been handled through some exposition early on um, rather than serve as major plot points like now, 20 years down the road in, from their point of view. Uh, but then most importantly, I mean, we needed Will Smith back. He's just he's a national treasure and he just he carried the first <laughs> movie. He really did. Uh, he's so important to the story. You got to I know he was busy, but um, also. What the fuck? I mean, why weren't May Whitman and Ross Bagley involved? Why weren't they recast as Patricia Whitmore and, and Dylan? Like, they're both active in Hollywood. They weren't busy. Although I think they came out and said, like, oh, they weren't interested. Bullshit. They were. They would have yeah. been interested. <laughs> That's such a bullshit lie. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think it's because May Whitman has, like, kind of a plain round face and make a Monroe or however you say your name. She looks, like, classically sexy. So they felt the need to recast I think it's why they did it. I think it was a jaded, shitty reason. And it's very it's, shitty. It, it is very shitty, but I think that's the reason they did it. Um, and like I said, they had that lame excuse, but it's lame. Um, anyway, like a simpler, simpler, smoother plot line and just the right amount of callbacks to the original, especially with those casting choices, bringing back Will Smith, bringing back Mae Whitman, uh, bringing back Ross Bagley. I think that would have made for a better hitting sequel. Uh, it, really, it could have it could have launched into a whole new franchise, frankly, now that the technology for movie making has reached this level and it's ready for it. And it's definitely something the ending seemed to ex- ex- expect to be set up for, but nah, man, no, make a flop, <laughs> not happening. It's going nowhere. So anyway. I would have loved In- to see Will Smith come up and slap an alien across the face, face and say, yeah. keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That would have been awesome. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it, Eric. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to see it. (laughs) It's not really worth watching. Okay. Frankly, Uh, I'll take your word on it. I think I fell asleep (laughs) 30 minutes into it. Never got back to it. (laughs) You could find fanfic somewhere. Google some fanfic to see what came next. And I guarantee you somebody came up with a better story than that. (laughs) I'll just watch the cinema sins on it. Honestly, like that's that'll be quick for the most part. It'll. That's a good point. I don't think I've yeah. even seen the cinema sense for that. Maybe I. Yeah, I'm gonna look for it right now. Quick in the sense of like it'll tell me and I'll be like, oh okay, yeah, I I know I'm not gonna like this movie. So, yeah, it's it's I dig rough. It. Independence resurgence. Yeah. Independence day. Resurgence. Everything wrong Ooh. with Independence Day resurgence in like 20 minutes. There you go. That, Where that the sounds original more. Is only yeah. That sounds the more appealing everything to Everything wrong with only six minutes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Oof. That's that's my list. I dig it. Oof, indeed. Okay, so to round mine out, um, I am a huge horror fan, like I was saying, horror film fan. Yeah. And this is supposed to be one of the scariest and greatest horror films of all time, if you ask the the traditionalists. Um, I finally got around to watching it last year for the very first time for the Don't Be Crazy podcast. And, surprise, surprise, I was let down immensely. Uh, directed by William Friedkin, 1973's The Exorcist. So, have you guys seen The Exorcist? Yes. The, first, the original, yeah. 
Okay. Um, I was so bored the entire goddamn movie. There were moments that had cool things like with Pazuzu and uh, the idea behind it. Um, kind of the things Ellen Burstyn was great in it. Uh, Max von Sydow was, was excellent in it. But like getting to the parts we needed to get to, I was just so bored. And it was long. It was a little over two hours. And for a horror movie, that can be a little much at times. Um, I just I, I I wasn't feeling it. Father Karras was like, OK, as a character, I wanted to see him fleshed out more. But like, man, I, I just don't get the hype behind The Exorcist. And I, I'm an outlier because I know a lot of people like it. It's like my stance on garlic. I don't like garlic. And, you know, uh, people people are, look at me funny when I say that. Same thing with the, the horror community when I'm like, I don't like The Exorcist. They're like, you're weird. I'm like, I know. So it was a big letdown <laughs> for me was The Exorcist. Uh, yeah, I think it's okay. <laughs> it's a movie. It's not terrible. It's somewhere in the middle. And I, I guess I would be on the same side as you where it's just like, eh, yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> they are redoing it. David Gordon Green is actually remaking it. Um, and I am not very optimistic about that because David Gordon Green recently just did the Halloween movies. And the first one was fun, and the second two were terrible. So I don't have mm-hmm, much faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but you that know. means the first one will be good for The Exorcist, oh, and the second two I don't know will be terrible. That, but. So, yep, that is my fifth. Okay. okay. Well, this has been a uh, quite a downer of an episode. What is one movie for each of you that surpassed your expectations. You went into it either in yeah. the middle and it was amazing or you were up top and it went even higher. <laughs> I've mentioned it before. I'm simply going to say the dark Knight, and it has everything to do with Heath Ledger. Yes. Mm, I've, said yeah. before, I've said before many times and I, on this episode, sequels are really, really difficult, really difficult. Batman, especially uh, when they cast Heath Ledger and I read about like really the 10 things I hate about you dude are you serious (laughs) are you kidding me with this Uh, he crushed it it's the best Joker really ever other than Mark Hamill Um, Mm -hmm. it's the quintessential Joker he just he he, I couldn't believe how much I love that movie so yep that's that's my one I I vividly Uh, remember me Tom Eric you I think you were there for this one me you Tom and Mike saw this in theaters and I remember the two scenes in particular the Joker scene when he's like look at me both uh, Mm. Tom and I were just like whoa like when it got really quiet after and at the end we we, like the credits are coming and we were just like we don't want this to be over we both were kind of just like looking at you like we don't want this to be over and I love The Dark Knight. It's my second favorite movie of all time. So, yes, good. Very good choice, Eric. I had a very high expectations going in and they surpassed it, but I'm happy that it was. It was well, we used, it's funny because we used to we used to quote Jerry Maguire all the time in in uh, in, uh, in our job at the casino. We quote Jerry Maguire all the time. So when the Joker's like, no, 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 you, you, you complete <laughs> yeah. me. We're just like, ah, he said the thing. Ah, he said it. <laughs> you complete me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I dig it. For mine, uh, it was a movie called uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. Ah. This movie came out of nowhere for me. It's Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And it is based off a game. I think we talked about it on something. It's based off of a game called um, You Only You Only Need Kill or something like that. Or not a game, a, uh, a graphic novel, a manga. And 
it's unreal. It's so good. I've seen it so many times. But yeah, it's called Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, and it's phenomenal. So anyways, that's mine. That's easy because that's mine too. Okay, perfect. That's amazing. I went into it just thinking, Tom Cruise, this is going to be a f- okay movie. But then it was just like, this is crazy. I love this movie. Yeah. Ugh. Well, then quickly for the for, just for the sake of time, but the only other one that I would think of would be Mad Max Fury Road. Saw that in IMAX. Didn't oh, really know much so about weird. it. I mean, I know Mad Max, but I was blown away. And it's one of my favorite action movies of all time. So that is it. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> all righty. Well, then let me do a quick recap. Uh, Tom, me, has Ender's Game, Captain America Civil War, The Hobbit Trilogy, Alien vs. Predator, and Dragon Ball Evolution. Eric has Star Wars, The Last Jedi, slash The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, (laughs) Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Avatar, and Independence Day Resurgence. Zach has Spider-Man 3, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the best movie ever, It Comes at Night, Jurassic World Dominion and The Exorcist. So that was, whew, that was a lot of talking, guys. Yeah, it was. Let's get <laughs> out of here. Alrighty, thank you for tuning in to the Top Five Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top Five, at Zaxdale sixty, at Tom Top Five, and at Snack Burglar, where you can find, uh, where you can give us ideas, tell us we are crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, we know you must have. We sure did. Please rate and review us on Amazon Podcast, Amazon Podcast, sorry, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you all, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. If you go to a bad movie, it's two hours. If you're in a bad movie, it's two years. Jerry Seinfeld. That's true. Nice. <laughs> all right, bye. Fair enough. Bye. Bye.